Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Champions Podcast. Uh, I'm your co-host, Eli Siafluri, and I'm here with my other co-host, Dominic Vasquez. How are you doing, mate? Man, I'm doing good. I'm excited to get this thing going. Yeah, ready for the first podcast. Uh, yeah. It's uh, part of the Class on Grass Media Productions, so we're thrilled to be bringing this, this uh, production to you guys, and we hope everybody enjoys it. So getting right into it, we'll first talk about our favorite matches from the group stage. Um, Dom, would you want to start off with this one? Yeah. Um, my favorite match of the group stage was the Man City Leipzig, the first game. Was that it was a 6-3? I believe it was 6-3. If not 6-4, I can check. Yeah, what a I'm game. I'm pretty sure it was 6-3. I, I believe Nkunku scored a hat-trick that game. If, yeah, I'm pretty sure he scored a hat-trick or two goals, but just really end-to-end stuff. Really like that game. It was very entertaining. Yeah, I think, I, I believe Man City went 3-0 up or 3-1, and Nkunku scored a hat-trick in that game. Um they ended up winning six to three. I think Grealish scored his first goal in that game. It was a really entertaining yeah. stuff. I'd say if you're looking for a high scoring end to end game, that was it. Um, what do you think about Nkunku in general? I mean, I think this year is his breakout year. Starting to show his real quality as a player coming through the PSG Academy, leaving to find more playing time out, out at Leipzig. And yeah, I think um, I think he's gonna have a real good season. And it's a shame that Leipzig didn't make it to the round of sixteen, but with a tough group with yeah, Man City and, and PSG. Shout out to Jesse Marsh, also the uh, the previous gaffer of Leipzig, who was tragically fired after what six seven months at the helm. Um, I don't even think that man. The I American, think- but uh, he wasn't able to get the job done at Leipzig, uh, and it's really unfortunate for them to. Uh, to go out in the Champions League because they've become, you know, a Champions League side in the last three, four years. Um, but uh, it's good for Nkunku that he was able to show himself against those teams. And he has a knack for scoring against the uh, the oil money clubs. So uh, He does. Yeah, well, I can move us on to my favorite match of the group stage, which was Real Madrid 1, Sheriff Tiraspol 2. Oh, man. That's a sigh of sadness from my Real Madrid fan co-star. Uh, what do you? What did you think about that match? I mean, it's it's sad to say, but we were outplayed that match. I believe team wasn't looking very fit at all. Surprisingly, in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, I believe that was before Real Madrid hit this kind of run of form that they've been on I, recently. Yeah. Like they've been on a tangent, you know, tearing apart, you know. They've been excellent in the Champions League, but more impressively in La Liga in a season where I don't think we really knew who would be champion. But uh, yeah, I agree. Talking about that game, I think it encapsulates the year of 2021 that we've had. So you think back into early 2021 with the European Super League, uh, President Florentino Perez talking about how fans don't like watching boring football. Uh, how the Champions League is outdated. And he also said that Real Madrid or teams like Real Madrid shouldn't be playing these, you know, 
small clubs. And I think it was just phenomenal to see uh, Real Madrid, you know, losing to a team called Sheriff, who I had frankly never heard of. Uh, I think their stadium can hold about five or 10,000 fans. Like, it's just the beauty of the game and the beauty of the Champions League itself when you get these matchups that, you know, tend to not happen um, very often. Um, so I think that was a great game and especially the game winning goal. And oh. right, at the, right at the death, he just a lovely side volley from outside the box, like into the bin. Yeah, it was, it was a beautiful goal. Um, and I mean, it obviously worked out just fine for Real Madrid who were able to get their stuff together. And now they're, yeah, and on the current form that they're on, they are looking like they'll clearly win La Liga. Um, so I guess what we can do now is move on to the group stage recap. So, um, Dom, what was what's the first group that we'll be talking about here? So the first group is Group A. So that includes Man City, PSG, Leipzig, and Club Bruges. And what was the standings there? Out of six matches played, City topped it with 12. Right behind them is PSG in second with 11. Third, Leipzig with seven points. And Bruges in last with four points. Yeah, that was an interesting group. I mean, PSG and Man City, like, there's a lot of uh, talking about in the summer about Messi going to Man City Man and City, yeah. lots of drama there. Um, but... I think it was very good. Like I feel bad, a tad bit bad for Leipzig who might not have played their best, but they were also drawn a tough, tough, tough group. Um, Yeah. I think in terms of PSG, I, I'm really have not been a fan of the football they've played so far this year uh, or so far this season, I guess. Um, I feel as if they have too many names on the field and it's not, their team doesn't really have the chemistry that they need right now to go on and win um, the Champions League. Or, I mean, they've not got too much competition in League One. Um, but uh, last year we saw obviously Lille uh, winning the champ or winning the League One. So, what would you think? What do you think about uh, Man City and P? I guess just I mean, how the way this group shaped out. I mean, it's kind of obvious everyone thinking those two are going to go through which they did but I mean with the likes of Messi, Mbappe, Neymar, Sergio Ramos, Donnarumma you would think they easily breeze through the group but it's not the case um Pep has done a great job at City with the way they play and I think Pochettino he needs a little bit more time with this group to get their players in order and I think once they figure that out I think they'll be unstoppable and they'll win the whole thing yeah I think Pochettino has been given such a tough task here because I've seen Jamie Carragher talking about this uh after they played Man City where they have their three forwards um in under a manager like Pochettino who loves to do pressing high pressing high intensity that usually stems from the midfield, but there was countless times where Neymar, Mbappe, and Messi were all right at the top of the pitch. You know, they don't do too much pressing. And I feel like it's kind of the downside of this system or this team, I guess, is that 
it doesn't feel cohesive. Um, and obviously, Messi hasn't been able to adapt very well so far. He is probably undoubtedly the greatest player of all time. But he has not been able to adapt to his previous levels. He's had the, his worst start to a season ever. Um, so I think there's just so much that this PSG side needs to prove if they want to make it to the final or win the Champions League. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, and to touch on Man City and uh, RB Leipzig, um, we talked about Leipzig and the City game, but uh, I think Man City are probably the best side in the world right now. I think undoubtedly they are the best side. But uh, I think with that, we can move on to the next group. So group B, or otherwise known as the group of death, um, consists of Liverpool, Atletico, Porto, and AC Milan. Oh, what a group. I'd say that's the group of death right there. That's, that's a fantastic group. That's a very tough group. How did that one shake out? Surprisingly, Liverpool won every single game with 18 points. So they were first. Atletico scraping by with seven in second. Porto in third with five. And AC Milan barely missing out with just four points. Well, there was some fantastic games in that group. Um, Yeah. What did you think of the performances from Liverpool and Atletico Madrid who topped the group? I think I think Liverpool were phenomenal at the start of the season. They've kind of dipped a little bit in form, but I think they'll regain their their best form going back into this Champions League against Inter in the round of 16. So just yeah. phenomenal stuff from Liverpool. I'm very interested to see how the uh, African Cup of Nations um, shakes out for Liverpool because – They've got Nabi Keita, um, Mo Salah, and Sadio Mane all out. So, I mean, I think we'll see big chances for players like Minamino. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how, like, how the morale is around this Liverpool side going into the round of 16, um, especially since some of their best players will be out for, you know, almost a month. So, um, yeah, I think it's also just a knock on how good Liverpool has been, uh, especially yeah. at the start of the season. Um, like to win this group six and oh is absolutely unreal. Um, and I think they definitely deserve the credit here. Um, I think this could be, or it should be uh, the year that they challenge for the tight or for the, for a champions league here. I think, I think they have the best player in the world. Uh, one of the best coaches in the world. Um phenomenal defense but i think it really all depends on how well they can see it through um Mm -hmm. and how well they adapt after the african cup of nations i agree moving on to the next group which what do we have group c we have ix sporting uh dortmund and the sheikdas and how did that one shake out ix coming in first with 18 points Sporting Lisbon coming in second with nine. Dortmund missing out on a, on goal differential coming in third on nine points as well. And Besiktas with zero points in last. Yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, I guess the first thing that I will talk about in this group will be 
Borussia Dortmund dropping down to the Europa League. Um, yeah. They have, in my opinion, one of the best players in the world, Erling Haaland, up front, who is an absolute machine. So what do you think the deal will be with Haaland going forward uh, with Dortmund? I believe, um, I think starting this transfer window in January, he'll have some talks with some big clubs such as like Man City, uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona, big clubs like that and try to see where his best fit would be. But I think for these next like six, six or so months, he'll just continue, hopefully continue his best form at Dortmund and increase his. For Holland, I think it's also very important for him to stay fit right now. I think, I think we can very much say that's the most important thing for him um, because he's such a promising young lad. I think behind Mbappe, he's, I mean, I think he'll be the next great in the game. Like, he's got everything. So it'll be really interesting to see how that shakes out for him. Um, Other teams in this group, Lisbon was um, actually surprisingly pretty good. Um, I don't know how they're doing in Liga Nos, but, I mean, to get second in this group that Borussia Dortmund is in, you know, kicking uh, a team in the European top five out of the champions league is a big accomplishment for them. So it'll be interesting to see how they uh, match up in the round of 16, but moving on to this team, Ajax, I mean, what can we say there? I, in my opinion, they're just phenomenal, phenomenal team. I love the fact that they are, you know, kind of slept on as a team coming out of, um, out of the Netherlands and obviously not in the top five leagues of Europe, but proving everybody wrong. Sebastian Allaire, 10 goals in six games uh, in the group stage. Um, just phenomenal. And Eric Ten Hag has done a wonderful job with this squad. So uh, what, what are your opinions about them? I mean, there's not much to say. Just beautiful football from the club in and out. Getting results done. Just great job. And I think there's a little bit of disrespect to them because I think that they'll be slept on and I think they would make a semifinal run in this competition with the way they're playing right now. Yeah, I think it's absolutely wonderful. I mean, obviously, this IX team, we have to draw a comparison to the 2018-19 team that made it to the semifinals and nearly made it to the finals if it weren't for a man named Lucas Mora. Um, I absolutely love everything about this team. I'm an Ajax fan myself, but just the way that they play football and the way that they love to disrupt other teams and they're not afraid of anybody. I think, I think that they have the confidence and the chemistry within this side to go to any, any other club and in this competition and take them on head for head. And I think, I think there's only besides Man City and Bayern Munich, I don't think there's any team that this Ajax side is afraid of or should be afraid of. I think this is a very, very tough side, and I'm really, really interested to see how far they make it in this competition. Um, and I think there's many, many promises or promising things to come from this side. So I guess that segues us into the next group, which would be? So it's group D. Um, with Real Madrid, Inter, 
Sheriff, and Shakhtar. All right. Well, Real Madrid is your club. I'll let you take the lead on this one. What did you think of Group D? I think, I think we had a very strong start to our Champions League campaign. Yeah, it's it's tough tough loss to Sheriff, but I mean we we got outplayed that game. So I think coming up with two wins against probably the other best side in the group, Inter, is just very important for us because I I think. If we would have got a draw in both games, we would be in a very tough position. And I think um, they would look after Ancelotti a lot, like questioning him. Because I think, I believe that our goal is to get back to how we were with Zidane and Benzema, Ronaldo and Bale. Just That Real Madrid team was league. absolutely dominant for so many years. I mean, Back-to-back-to-back Champions Leagues with Bale, Benzema, Cristiano up top. I mean, it was everything a Real Madrid fan could dream of. And since you're a club, you've won it the most times, like by far, over any other any other club, I think it's very important for you guys to get back to that stage. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I'll throw this out there. I do think that this Madrid team is overperforming where they should be. Um, you guys have been in excellent, excellent form. Vinicius Jr., Benzema, uh, Alaba, Militao, center back pairing has been phenomenal. You've got Courtois in goal, who's world class, uh, undoubtedly. But if you look at some of the games that Real Madrid have played, I think, I think there's a lot of questions to be asked about, you know, the expected goals from these games uh, and how close the matches have been. I mean, you can look in La Liga, but. Um, in the Champions League as well. I think Vinicius Jr. is performing very well. I don't, I'm interested to see how he can keep this up, like the form. Um, it'll be, I think that'll be, him and Benzema will be absolutely key for this Madrid side going forward in the Champions League. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they match up uh, in the round of 16 as well as moving forward. And then, yeah, I, how did the uh, how did the group finish again? Um. Real Madrid first with 15 points, Inter second with 10, Sheriff third with seven, and Shakhtar in last with two points. Gotcha. Well, Inter Milan, I don't have much to say about them. Um, I think it's remarkable how well they've done considering getting rid of their gaffer and arguably the two best players besides Lautaro Martinez and Lukaku and Hakimi. Uh, Those three losses came over the summer. Um, They've replaced Lukaku with Edin Dzeko, who came in for free and who has done phenomenally for Inter. he's, He's done really well to fill those Lukaku boots. And obviously there's so much drama going on right now with the things Lukaku has said about Inter. Um, but I'm interested to see how they shape up moving forward. I don't have many expectations for them um, in this Champions League. I think I would not be surprised if they tumble out in the round of 16 or the quarterfinals simply because I think that they should be focused more on winning Serie A and establishing some dominance back there um, domestically instead of um, in, in Europe. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So group... E would be the next one, I think. Yeah, Group E with Bayern, Barca, Benfica, and Dynamo Kiev. 
And how did that one shape out in terms of points? Bayern winning every game with 18 points. Benfica coming in second, eight. Barca barely missing out and down into the Europa League with seven points and Kiev with one point. I mean, first and foremost, Barcelona dropping into the Europa League. Absolutely bonkers. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's ever a point in my life that I remember Barca being this bad or just not where they need to be or where they want to be. It's as if everything that could go wrong has gone wrong so far. It's unfair to put any blame on Xavi for any of this because he's taken over a terrible situation in this Barca side and the club itself is just in shambles as of right now. Um, it should it should show a testament to Lionel Messi because in his entire career at Barcelona, I don't think he's ever played in the Europa League. Um, and of course, the season that he leaves Barca drop out of the Champions League into the Europa League. And it seems as everything is going wrong for them. Uh, on the other hand, you have a Bayern Munich side who is arguably the best team in the world right now. You compare them to a Man City or a Liverpool and everything has gone right. Like the the emergence of Leroy Sané, he's been phenomenal playing off the left-hand side. Kingsley Coleman, Serge Gnabry, and then obviously the big man up top, Robert Lewandowski. I believe he should have a Ballon d'Or, if not two Ballon d'Ors to his name right now. And I really hope that he has a chip on his shoulder and he can prove to everybody how, just how good he is and that he deserves the Ballon d'Or. But uh, what would you, what would be your thoughts for this Bayern side moving forward into the Champions League? I mean, who can really beat them at this moment? I think the only people that can beat them to beat Bayern is themselves. If they don't, if they lose form, lose confidence, I think it'll be over for them. And especially their main source of goals, Lewandowski. I think if he stays fit throughout this whole for the rest of the season, I think, I think Byron could win it. Yeah, I think the downside to this Bayern Munich squad is they have a young manager in Julian Nagelsmann who's just come in from RB Leipzig. Uh, phenomenal manager, by the way. He's absolutely unreal with what he's done with Leipzig. Um, but also their center back pairing of Upamecano and Lucas Hernandez. They also have uh, Sula as the backup. But I just think that that center back pairing of Hernandez and Upamecano is just a bit young and unproven compared to the partnership that they had with David Alaba, who was the rock for them. Like, what a player he is. And he's showing his class uh, for Real Madrid right now. Um, yeah, I think, I think they're a very promising young center back duo, but they don't have enough experience. To, for them, I believe, to take it all the way, unlike where you have a da- David Alaba who's won the Champions League twice with Bayern. Yeah. And he's experienced. Different sides. Yeah. Very. I think, I mean, I guess we can talk about Benfica now. I don't have too much to say because I haven't watched. Obviously, it's hard to watch teams like Benfica, but they were able to get wins from uh, the Barcelona games. And then um, they've got very 
promising squad. Uh, I'm not sure how they're doing in Liga Nos, um, but I think I I wouldn't see too much. Uh, too I'm not expecting too much of them from the round of 16. It'll be interesting to see, but I expect them to go out in the round of 16. Um, yeah. And then I believe we can now move on to the last and final group uh, from the. We still have three more groups. Oh, three more groups. Okay. So Group F with Man United, Villarreal, Atalanta, and Young Boys. What would you like to speak about first? Which side should we talk about? Um, I think I think we should speak about Atalanta. So I think Atalanta can be disappointed to not make it through to the next round. I agree. I mean, what did you make of their performances against United? Um, I think they were more of a first-half team trying to get the job done in the first half. And I think second half is where they really kind of fumbled it and not playing – like consistent football for the whole 90 minutes. I think that's really where they fall through is the, those first 45 are phenomenal. Great side. Se- second half, just middle mid table club in yeah. Syria. I think it's testament to the inexperience in their team. Um, and just the fact that they don't, I don't think they really have a leader in that squad. I think Papu Gomez obviously uh, left Atalanta, and Christian Romero going. Christian to Spurs. Romero, yeah. There's there's a lot of inexperience in this side, and they played actually very very well in both United games, and they can be really they should be pleased with the first half performances, and they should be very disappointed that they weren't able to come away with what was oh, it man. one one point out of both of those games, or did they lose both? They. They lost the first game, and I believe they tied the second game. Yeah, so goal. one point out of potential six that they could have gotten from those games, and especially when they were I, – I believe they were up 2-0 in both games, or um, they were up at one point. Um, very disappointing for them, but obviously it's a young side, Atalanta, who – haven't established themselves very much. Um, I mean, they've only broken through in the last few years, and I would say they're comparable to a side like RB Leipzig, um, just the Italian version, I guess. I guess next we can talk about uh, Manchester United and their performances in the round or the group stages. Let's see. I. It's a lot of happiness and also, like, just disappointment at the same time. Um, I believe some of our performances, since we've had Ole for those remain, for those, most of those games, I think we were very underperforming, or how should I, how should I say it? I, I think we could have done a lot better with the players we've brought in, but Ole as our manager just completely flipped it. And I think 
we didn't have any identity playing football at all, just trying to whip in a ball and see if Ronaldo gets his head on it. I think that was really their plan, and it it somewhat worked, but it somewhat didn't at the same time. As you can, as we lost to young boys in the first game, I think we've grown a lot since then, and we can just keep our head up. Yeah, with this United team, I mean, how thankful are you for the man himself, Cristiano Ronaldo? Man, let's let's see. He he, last minute winner was Villarreal, three two win. Another last minute equalizer versus Atalanta. I believe he also had the winner in the second leg against Atalanta. Um, Ronaldo was absolutely phenomenal. He scored six goals, and he had two main of the matches uh, with an 8.0 average rating for Manchester United. And yet I'm still absolutely completely surprised that you lot have been able to make it out of the group stages or at least the top of the group. I, From what I've seen of United in the, um, in the group stages, I was not impressed at all. I... I respect the resilience that it took to come back in those games. But at the same time, you've brought in Ronaldo, Varane, Sancho. You've got Bruno Fernandez, Greenwood, Rashford, Paul Pogba, Harry Maguire, David De Gea. These are all names that you should be playing better, 100%. And I'm just completely surprised that United was able to top the group, um, let alone make it out. And I think United have to have to work to get better and to improve on this. And we'll see what Ralph Ragnick can do uh, with with the side he's taken over. And then we can brush up on Villarreal quickly. Um, I don't really enjoy watching them too much. I think Unai Emery has made the side a bit boring and... I would like to see more, but I also understand completely, you know, why they play the way that they do. Um, I think Emery might be a bit disappointed. He's not playing in the Europa League this year. Uh, So we'll see what the uh, Champions League brings for a challenge for him. Yeah, touching up on that Villarreal team, from what I've seen against Man United, it seemed they looked a lot very energetic and played a lot better football than we did. And very unlucky, unlikely, unlucky that they didn't come away with an, with a result against United. But I think they've done a, a good job getting through and being the Europa League winners from last season, getting through to the Champions League knockout round. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. So let's move on to Group G. Group G has Lille with 11 points, Salzburg with 10, Sevilla with 6, and Wolfsburg with 5. I absolutely love this group, the teams in it. Uh, It finished exactly the same as Group F with Man United, Villarreal, Atalanta in terms of points. Uh, I'm absolutely buzzing for Salzburg, who have made it through to the round of 16. That's 
a huge for them, for a club like them, for especially with Leipzig crashing out. Um, I think Sevilla will be really disappointed that they've gone out um, in the group stages, considering the quality they have, that they have in their squad. But I think they've been underperforming this year, and it's safe to say that we can expect more from them and hold them to a higher standard. Um, and then Leo, top in the group. Um, with 11 points, I mean, good on them. They've only conceded seven goals, which actually I guess is a lot. Um, or no, they've only conceded four goals in six games, which is very good for them. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't have too much else to say about this group. Do you have anything? I mean, I think a standout player from this group is Adiemi coming up big mm-hmm. in certain moments and winning crucial games for them to get into the to the knockout rounds. Just what a player. Yeah, what a player indeed. He's uh I very much am hoping to see him in this uh Germany side and I I hope to see him come through in the World Cup um so that the old guard of Germany can kind of make way for the new players like merging through. So hopefully uh, Hansi Flick can get a lot of him out of Germany, and I actually hope to see him in Europe's top five leagues very soon. Um, and then I guess that leaves us with Group H, fi- last and final group. Group H with Juventus on 15 points, Chelsea in second with 13, Zenit Moscow in third with five points, and Malmo in last with one point. What are your thoughts on this one, Dom? I mean, I personally, I thought Chelsea were going to top the group just coming off the Champions League win and defending, trying to defend their title this year. Um, I think very disappointing result in Turin losing the Juventus 1-0. Other than that, I think they've done very well just getting getting wins and getting the results they need to advance into the next round. What are your thoughts on Chelsea? Um, well, as a lifelong Chelsea fan myself, I, I'm disappointed that we weren't able to top this group as we should have. Um, Zenit and Malmo, Zenit on five points, Malmo on one. And a Juventus side that really is nowhere near the standards of the club. I think it's absolutely disappointing for us because this Juventus side is really not that good. I mean, they had five wins and one loss, but I don't, we smashed them 4 0 in Stamford Bridge at home. And it all came down to the final match week when we could have clinched it. Uh, and we tied Zenit 3-3. It's just very disappointing for us because, I mean, we lucked out with the draw with uh, drawing Lille twice. Very lucky. Um, And, I mean, the final match against Zenit and our form that we've been in recently, we have to keep faith in Thomas Tuchel because he's a wonderful coach. Um. I don't think there's many in the world that could have done what he did coming into Chelsea uh, when he did. 
Um, and I mean, in the Champions League, I think we need to recover from our injuries, but I think we can drop our expectations for Chelsea in the Champions League. So, um, because of the injuries to Ben Chilwell and Reese James, which are absolutely huge blows to this side, who let's face it, the wingbacks are the most important part of this entire this entire system, and they're both out. So it'll be interesting to see what Chelsea do in the transfer window, but I think it's safe to say we are out of the race for the Champions League this year. So with that, we can move on to the next stage, which is our team of the group stages. So, Dom, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? Um, I'll go first. All right. So just for the context, we've gone with a 4-3-3 formation for our team of the group stages. So we're basing it on players who are standout players in the group stages. So take it away. In that, I picked Courtois. Was phenomenal. I believe he had three clean sheets out of six matches. And just he was very instrumental in us topping the group. Uh, left back, I have Joao Cancelo. Just phenomenal this season. Probably one of the best fullbacks in Unreal the world. Player. Yeah. Uh, at, at left center back, I have David Alaba. Mm. Also a big part in the Real Madrid's wins. And I believe he has one goal to his name in the Champions League. Uh, very nice goal. So put him in there. Uh, center back, I also have Van Dyke helping them top the group with 18 points. Yeah, and he's uh, absolutely he instrumental. He's instrumental he for Liverpool. Like without him, they're a completely different team. So it's a good shout. Um, and then at right back, I have Trent Alexander Arnold. That's very good. So I think what I'll do now is I'll go through my back five and we can have a debate about it. So I've also gone for Courtois and net. Uh, he only conceded three goals, kept four clean sheets, made 22 saves. I mean, this guy's a beast in a Real Madrid team who's on amazing form right now. So there wasn't much debate there for me. Uh, I've also gone with Cancelo at left back because he was absolutely unreal for Man City. Um, 7.94 average match rating with two goals, three assists, and 34 ball recoveries. And those are just the stats. This guy does it without the stats. By just watching him play, you're just amazed at what he does and in this Pep Guardiola system he's just phenomenal so all praise to Joao Cancelo uh, I have gone with Martinez from Ajax at left center back this guy's an unreal player I, I absolutely love him he's five foot ten as a center back not easy but he just makes it look so easy I mean he played every single minute for an Ajax team who topped their group and did it in a very convincing and easy fashion. He had 41 ball recoveries with 80% tackle success rate, uh, 95% pass success rate, 95 pass success rate, which absolutely phenomenal. And I believe he also played the most passes out of any player. Um, so taking those two statistics into 
consideration. Like phenomenal group stages from him. Uh, and he also had the most completed passes out of any player. Next to him, I've gone with Jose Font from Lille. Uh, he played also played every single minute for a Lille team who topped their group with 39 ball recoveries, 100% tackle success rate, and 88% passing success rate. Um, I think that throwing Alibar Van Dyke in here over him is possible, um, but I think there's something to say here for a Lille side who I don't think we've really expected to do this well, especially considering they had um, Sevilla, Wolfsburg, and Salzburg in their group stage. So, um, and then at right back, I've also gone with Trent Alexander-Arnold from Liverpool. Three assists in only three games and four ball recoveries per 90. Trent is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I've got the highest of praise for him. Um, and with that, I guess I will move it into the midfield or I'll hand it over to you to discuss it. At CDM, I have Casemiro. I'd say probably the midfield's the most important part of this Real Madrid side. Creating, defending, just box to box, probably the best midfield trio in the yeah. world. And what do you what do you think about Casemiro? Like, what's his influence in this Real Madrid side? I think he brings a certain level of aggression that not many players have and keeps the team going but I don't think he's very captain like with his actions on yeah. the field. So I think I think it's something that Real Madrid needs uh especially with the absence of Sergio Ramos who was yeah captain but also like you said he has that aggression and I think Casemiro brings that that sort of grit uh into this Real Madrid side. Um so especially in a team that's kind of lacking it. So I think I think that's a very good point there. And then center mid, I have Tony Cruz. He has two goals to his name. Um, how many? Zero assists, which is very surprising. But he also does have a 92.2% passing accuracy as a midfielder. Yeah. Which is very, very good. And Tony Cruz is another player who statistics don't tell the whole story. Um, just... He's he's unbelievable too. He's phenomenal, and to keep it going, like the resurgence of this Real Madrid midfield under Ancelotti has been just phenomenal. Um, yeah, and then he can play multiple positions, but I've gone with Inkunku at center mid. Okay, sort of like a ten. Yeah, just I think he was by far one of the best players in the group stage, and sad to see him go. But yeah, undoubtedly Leipzig's best player. Yeah. Uh, without him, they would have been bottom of the group, in my opinion. So I, that's a good shout there. Um, so in my midfield, I've gone with Brozovic from Inter Milan at CDM. Uh, Marcelo had 93% passing accuracy, 28 ball recoveries, 62% uh, crossing accuracy. He played in all six games, and he had one goal with one man of the match performance. Um, I think Brozovic is another player like that Casemiro who really brings that grit and determination and aggression into this Inter Milan side um, who have done surprisingly well to make it through. Well, 
they should have made it through, but uh, or they we would expect them to make it through. But he was phenomenal, and um, yeah, I really think that he deserves this this shout and the respect here. Um, I've also gone with Nkunku in my midfield. Um, just to put some of his statistics out there, he scored seven goals with an 8.0 average match rating and two man of the match performances. This guy is an amazing player. He's good at driving the ball forward, taking guys on, and he scores some brilliant, brilliant goals. Um, I would love to see him keep developing and hopefully see him in, in a big side sometime soon. And then alongside Christopher Nkunku, I've gone with Bruno Fernandez for Manchester United. He has the most assists, I believe, in the Champions League group stages with six in five games, and he also has a man of the match performance. I'm also not a fan of Bruno Fernandez. I've, I'm really not a fan of him, but I have to give respect where respect is deserved. Um, he's not been at his best this season, not, not even close to where he was last season, but you look at these numbers that he's had um, in five games, six assists, and a man of the match performance. It speaks to the level of his play, and I think he deserves the respect here, even though he has not been anywhere near uh, his level in the past. So, yeah, I agree with you. With that being said, Dom, what is your front three looking like? So, at right wing, I have undoubtedly probably one of the best players in the world, Mo Salah. Six games, seven goals. 464 minutes played, just average match rating of 8.2. This guy was unreal. Best player in the world right now, right? Yeah, like, we can say that with with almost no doubt. Mohamed Salah is the best in the world right now. Um, I think he 100% deserves this. So, uh, what are the other two? So, also at striker, I have Sebastian Haller. Uh, first ever Champions League campaign, six games, ten goals, averaging over a goal and a, averaging over one point six seven goals per game. And Unreal. He's also the first or the only player besides Cristiano Ronaldo to score in every group stage match. Unreal. And to also top it off, he has an average rating of. 10.0. Jeez. Unreal. What he was unreal. Yeah. He was he was absolutely unreal. Who have you got at left wing? Left wing, I have the man himself, Cristiano Ronaldo. So, I believe five games played, six goals scored, three crucial goals for them to top the group and to advance into the knockout. It's, I mean, 36 years old and he's playing like he's 25. I mean, yeah, absolutely unreal. So I will start off at right winger where I have not put Mo Salah to some degree of surprise. I very much think that he was absolutely unreal and maybe I'm wrong here, but I've gone for Leroy Sané at right wing, even though he's been playing left wing for Bayern this year, which has really 
turned him into a different player completely. I mean, last season he was playing off the right. Now he's off the left and he's absolutely having a resurgence in his career. So I'll tell you why I've got him. Um, it's because he scored five goals and four assists in a Bayern team that topped their group with zero losses and zero draws and an average match rating of 8.2. I think that Leroy Sané deserves some respect. Uh, and I think this is me giving that to him. And this means no disrespect to Mo Salah, um, who's the best player in the world right now. I just wanted to maybe shake it up a little bit. So with that, though, I've also got Sebastian Allaire. Um, at striker, 10 goals, one assist, uh, and he was one goal away from, from matching Ronaldo's record of 11 goals in the group stages. I absolutely have confidence that this guy, if he keeps his form up, he has a chance to beat Ronaldo's 16 goals in the Champions League. Um, and his role in this IX side so far this season has been huge. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing them in the next stage. And I've also gone for Ronaldo at left wing. Six goals, two men of the matches, and an 8.0 average rating. Not only that, but he's carried this Manchester United team on his back to the round of 16. He's 36 years old, playing like he's in his prime. And he has single-handedly helped this Manchester United side with his game-winning goals um, and just overall his aura. Like... He's absolutely one of the goats. So just to recap our teams, I have Courtois, Cancelo, Martinez, Font, Trent, Alexander-Arnold, um, Marcelo Brozovic, uh, Nkunku, Bruno Fernandez, Cristiano Ronaldo, Sebastian Allaire, and Leroy Sané. And to recap on my team, I have Courtois, Cancelo, Alaba, Van Dyke, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Casemiro, Cruz, Nkunku, Salah, Haller, and Ronaldo. Brilliant. So that moves us on to today's hot take of the Champions League. So the hot take for today is that I believe this Ajax side have the ability to win the Champions League this year, or at least make it to the Champions League final. So I guess to explain myself and explain why I believe this, I will start by saying that their manager, Eric Ten Hag, is absolutely world-class. Um, I think he is up for the big challenge of going to a big side. So I'd love to see him at a place like Man United or maybe not even in the Premier League, but somewhere where he can go and prove himself on a higher level. That being said, he has built an absolute machine of an Ajax team, very comparable to 2018-19. They've got Sebastian Allaire up front. Um, they've got players like Anthony, Brian Gravenberch, uh, Martinez. Um, they've also got Tagliafico, Mizrawi. And that right side of Anthony and Mizrawi was almost just as good as Trent and Mo Salah were in the group stages. I think they're that good. I think this team has the chemistry and the ability to take on any side in the world. And I think that they have the confidence. So I guess what would be your thoughts about that, Dom? I mean, I can't really disagree with you much on there. 
I think my only disagreement would be um, their right side, comparing them to Salah and Trent. I just think it's uncomparable what, what they've done at Liverpool on that right-hand side. Yeah, those two are absolutely unbelievable, 100%. And they've done, you know, they've had the history and everything. Um, but, man, Mazraoui and Anthony were f- unbelievable. They were phenomenal in the group stages. And I think that there's a comparison to be made there because they were just playing at such a high level. Um, and this IX side, I think that they have the confidence. They have, I think they just, they have everything. They have experience in their team with players like Daly Blind, um, David Neres, who was there when they met on the run. They have so much in this side. And I'm very, very very fond of, of where they can go and the football that they play. Um, I guess my question to you then would be, how do you, what teams do you think um, IX would be able to beat? Like, what do you think is standing in their way for them to do this? I mean, their group was fairly easy beating a Holland list Dortmund, um, just beating every single team they've come up against. I, I, I agree with I, that, and I think I'm not sure who they play in the round of 16, but I believe Ajax plays Benfica in the round of 16. Yeah, I think I think they'll easily go past that, go past Benfica. Um, I think the real test of this Ajax side comes after the round of 16 if they advance. So with this Ajax side, I think the only teams that they would not be confident going up against in like a two legs uh, matchup would be um, Man City and Bayern Munich. Those are the only two. I think Liverpool right now, I think Ajax could walk into Anfield and give them a tough challenge. I'm not saying they could win, but I'm saying that I think think it would be close. I think they could give almost any team in the world right now a very good match. Um, the football that this team plays is unbelievable to watch. It's it's the way that Ajax play. It's the culture of the club. And you just love to see things like this happening. So, I mean, that's that's really my thoughts about that. Um, we'll see how how right, right or wrong I am about this. But do you have anything else to add to the, uh, the hot take of, of this week? Um, I don't think so. I think just my praise for Anthony and what a player he is for this IX side. I think he adds a level of creativity and just professionalism that most players on this team don't have. Yeah. And he's an entertainer, which those type of players are really hard to come by these days. I think the way he plays is comparable to Neymar. Although I think he is given so much more freedom in this in this Ajax side to express himself and express the way he plays. And I think it fits both of them just perfectly. So that can segue us into the next um, part of the podcast, which is the ranking. So we are ranking the top five teams heading into the round of 16. So I can get us started off with that in five. I have Real Madrid. Um, I was, it was a debate between, them and Chelsea and the way that Chelsea has been playing so far for me 
or not so far recently in the past month due to the injuries and the COVID and just the, the busyness that of the season, I think it's dropped us out of this conversation. Um, who did you go for in five, Dom? In five, I put Liverpool. That's actually low. I have, well, why, why'd you put them there is my question. I mean, recently in the Premier League, their te- most of their teams at full fitness, and they've come against, I would say, not the best Chelsea side in recent weeks or in months due to injuries. And I think they they could have gone away with a win, but I don't think – I just – I don't know with their current form how yeah. how they would pan out. But, I mean, they do play Inter Milan, who I haven't seen much of this year. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. they could – that's completely fair, and I, um, I'm going to throw Liverpool into mine, and I'm actually going to drop Real Madrid into sixth. Um, so that then puts PSG as my fifth. So I, th- which they were originally my fourth, but I'm going to say they're my fifth now because you brought up a great point about Liverpool, who I, let's be honest, I kind of forgot about them somehow. Don't know how, but. PSG in fifth for me. I'm not hot on this team at all. I, I, they don't have an identity. They don't have the chemistry. And the only reason that they're in this list for me is because Neymar, Messi, Mbappe, Verratti, Donnarumma, Sergio Ramos, they have the names and they have the talent by far. They are the most talented team in the world. So if they pick it up, there's no one that can stop them, but they're far off the pace right now. So moving that into fourth, who did you have? I have Real Madrid. All right. So explain that one for me. I think they've been phenomenal. There's certain points where you can see they've like had little cracks into their flow, like against the Sheriff Tiras Bowl. And recently, I believe yesterday, we've lost to Getafe 1-0. So I think it it could be a bad start to the year. It's just all about we just got to continue this great run of form. And also, we have to be blessed with no injuries, especially with our defense and in the age of your midfield as well. Your, your yeah, midfield I mean, is, is pretty old. I agree, but I think they've, they've been in, instrumental this whole year and just have been unreal. So I, I don't oh. think the age matters, but I think it's just all about how we deal with injuries and with COVID especially. So my question to you then would be, do you believe that this – you've put Liverpool in fifth and Real Madrid in fourth. Do you believe that this Liverpool side, if they came up against Real Madrid in the next round, you think that Real, do you think Real Madrid would go through? I think it'd be very close, honestly. What, what edges Real Madrid over Liverpool then? I think just having like – let's say 
I'm going to go with like Benzema. They don't have a Benzema who can create, score goals. They have Mo Salah. They have the best player in the world right now. I mean, it's debatable. I understand you're a Real Madrid fan, but I think this Liverpool side would... I think this Liverpool side would handle Real Madrid. And I say this because I don't... Real Madrid have many, many players who have won multiple Champions Leagues. They play the same formation. So match up Liverpool's... like. Liverpool's front three versus Real Madrid. So you have Vinicius, Benzema, and who plays on the right? Asensio? Asensio or Rodrigo, one of the two. Compare that to Mane, Jota, Salah. I think Liverpool wins that battle. You compare their midfield three. So Henderson, um, Keita, and Tiago. Tiago. Okay. Compare that to... Casemiro, Cruz, Modric. I think that's close. I think Madrid have a more talented midfield trio, but I think that Liverpool three are able to give them a tough time. Um, and then look at their back lines. You have Robertson, Van Dijk, Matip, Trent, compared to uh, Furlan Mendy. Mendy, Alaba, uh, Militao, and Carvajal. I think... Matchup for matchup, matching up these 11, I think Liverpool just wins it. And the fact that they have Mo Salah, I think, I think it's criminal to say that they wouldn't beat a Real Madrid side who, in my opinion, has overperformed this season. See, that's, that's why I put them in fourth, because I think a lot of people are going to sleep on them, thinking that they don't, they're not like the Liverpools or Man Cities. But I think... I think they'll make a, a deep run and beat – I mean, a real test for us so far would be this uh, PSG team we're coming up against in the round of That's season. Yeah, see, that's going to be huge. Like, I'm not completely sure you're going to make it past PSG, but that is a uh, conversation for the, for the next segment. Um, in fourth, I've put Ajax, who I won't keep talking about because we've spoken about them plenty. So that'll move me into third, where I've put Liverpool. And who have you put here? I've put Ajax. Very Ajax high in third. Ajax in third. See, I had them in fourth. So explain. Okay, so you think this Ajax team, I mean, in my opinion, I think this Ajax team could beat Real Madrid. I think they could beat Liverpool. And I think they could beat PSG. I think, and obviously... I th- these are matchups that can go either way. I'm not saying that they would clearly beat them or they're clearly the better team, but I think that they have the chemistry and they've built up this relationship and like the aura around this team is that they can go up and they can go to anybody's anybody's pitch and they can win the game. And I th- I think I think I can agree with you on that one. So who did you put in second? In second, I put Man City. So then I'm assuming at one, you have Bayern Munich. Yes. All right. So I have the same top two, except flipped around. So I've got Bayern at second, Man City in first. So why do you think that Bayern is, what what do you think Bayern has over the city side? I think, I think Bayern has a better attacking sense in a way. 
I think I think but, the organization in the Bayern team is very good. I think they have a good mix of young and older or more experienced players. Um, and they've got Robert Lewandowski, who's the best striker in the world. I think have a very good goalkeeper, Emmanuel Neuer. Yeah, they've got Neuer. I think this would be an absolute cracking matchup. Um, I just, I think both of these teams have a fragility in their defense, but going moving forward, they're just absolutely strong. Um, and the reason that I've put City over Bayern Munich in this ranking is because how they're handling their play in the league. They're nearly 10 points ahead of Liverpool and Chelsea in the most competitive Premier League uh, that there's been in probably five years, in my opinion. Um, And just the fact that they have Pep Guardiola, um, they they don't even have a striker, but it really doesn't matter because they're just that good. They've got Bernardo Silva, who's been phenomenal this this year. They've got players like Rodri, who's been very good, um, Gundogan, Phil Foden, Riyad Mahrez, Raheem Sterling, Jack Grealish. It's just they've got so much in this squad, and I think they're the best in the world right now over Bayern Munich simply because of how of the teams that they've played against this year have been a higher level than Bayern, in my opinion, and the fact that Bayern Munich just have a young manager, and they're a bit unproven. That's a fair point. Yeah, so um, I think we can say that's those were our rankings. So this moves us into the last part of the podcast, which is our predictions for the first leg of the round of 16. So I will have Dom read off the first matchup. First matchup um, is Sporting and Man City. Uh, Man City play away in Portugal. In Lisbon, okay. So for the first leg, I think City will come with this one easily. I think they'll win two, three, four. Um, I think that one's pretty pretty fair. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think City will handle this this whole matchup mm-hmm. all the way through. I think I I agree with that. I think. I think they'll they'll handle it pretty easily. Um, what do we have next? We have the big one, uh, PSG and Real Madrid. Um, which team plays away? Madrid. So Madrid is playing away at PSG in France. That's a tough one to gauge. I mean, do you have any thoughts about it? What do you think? I think... I think it'll be close. I think we either would get a draw first game and then handle our business second leg, go through into the next round, or PSG will come out very energetic and vibrant and and come away with a win. But I think they'll barely win this one. Do you think that the Real Madrid – defense plus Casemiro um do you think they have enough to stop this PSG attack and on on top of that do you think this PSG attack will get it going become be firing for this matchup see I see we're like 
I think they can stop them is they have experience against Messi and Neymar and in Mbappe as well. They've played them before in the Champions League for a couple of years. I think just them being organized and disciplined, I think they can get the job done. Okay. So who are you taking in this matchup? Um, Real Madrid away at PSG for the first leg. I'm going to go. You can obviously go with a draw also. Yeah. I think it'll be a 1-1 draw for this one. I think PSG will win this one uh, 2-1. That's my prediction. So on to the next. Um, We have Salzburg versus Bayern, and Bayern plays away. Um, So Bayern playing away at Salzburg in Austria. I think Bayern will handle business here. Um, I think it'll be a high-scoring affair. I think Bayern will probably win. I think they'll probably score four or five and concede one, two, one or two. I I think that was my – I agree with you on that. I think Bayern will score like four or five and then yeah. and Salzburg could come away with like one or two. Yeah, I agree. So but I think Bayern, Bayern will – yeah. Win this one. Um, next, we have Inter and Liverpool. Liverpool are away at the San Siro. I think this Inter side is a tough. Wait, did you say Inter are away? Liverpool are away. Oof, that's a tough one for Liverpool, especially considering that their players will just be coming back or will be back for less Atcon. than. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how their team chemistry is at that point. Um. But I think I think in this one, I'll take a one nil Liverpool win. Yeah, I think I think a one or two nil Liverpool win will will be the. Yeah, I I don't see it being very high scoring, um, especially since Inter are at home, um, in the San Siro. I and they're just such a, a tough squad, like a gritty, aggressive squad. I think. I think it'll be tough for Liverpool, but I think they'll come away in this matchup um, and move on. So, I agree. All right, next we have Chelsea and Lille. Um, Lille are away. Lille away at, at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea. I'm going to take Chelsea 3-1 to one victory. I have Chelsea... I think Lille have a lot of reason to give it everything in the Champions League, considering where they are in League 1. Or League One. Um, they're not in the title race at, at this point. Um, so I think they'll be playing their best team, but I think Chelsea will find a way to get past them and get, the, get, get a good result. <laughs> I agree with you on that. And then the next game is Villarreal and Juventus. This is tough. What are you, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Well, I think I haven't really watched Juve this season, so I'm not really sure, or I've or I haven't watched Villarreal either. But I think. If they play like how they did against Chelsea in the first game, 
with a one nil win. I think I think they'll win one nil. I think that Juventus they have been very disappointing this season. I don't think they've been good to any extent. Um but they do have Max Allegri and they do have the game breaker Fede Chiesa. And I think that they have the quality in this team, not necessarily the chemistry or the tactics yet, but I think they have the quality to come away with a 1-0 win against this Villarreal side. I think I think when we're talking about this matchup in general, I think it'll be very low scoring. Villarreal is a very boring team, uh, and Juve are typically um, defensively based. So I think there'll be no more than two or three goals scored in this in, in both legs. Um, but yeah, in the first leg, I'll take Juve one nil. Um, all right. Getting down to the last two games. Uh, we have Benfica, Ajax, Ajax are away. Benfica, Ajax. So Ajax are playing in, in Portugal. I can see a three, one Ajax win. I think in this one, I will take a a 2-1 Ajax win. But I would not be surprised if it was to be a draw, uh, 1-1 or 2-2. I think Ajax might struggle a bit in this one, but I have full, full, full confidence that they'll um, go back to Johan Cruyff Arena in Amsterdam and completely dismantle this Benfica team. That's a good shout. Yeah, I think yeah. I think they have I think they have everything they need to beat this side, but I think they might struggle in the first match. So what do we have for the, the final final one? It's arguably the other big one. Atletico versus Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Atletico versus Ronaldo. Man. AKA Manchester United. Um I'll let you uh, start off on this one as you're a, a bit of a Man United fan yourself and a Ronaldo um, fan. I mean, he's my best player, my best player that I like. So let's see. He's always done it against Atletico. He has an impeccable record against Atletico, may I say. He's the, I'm pretty sure he's the only player to score a hat trick on them in like the last five years. Yeah, and Simeone has said that if it weren't for Cristiano Ronaldo, I would have two Champions Leagues. That is true. Actually, that's not true. I mean, Ronaldo has knocked his side out and beaten his side countless, countless times. We can look back to the Juventus game when, you know, I've famously um, Atletico won the first match. <laughs> they won the first leg 2-0. Uh, all the Atletico fans um, are giving Ronaldo crap and saying him to go home and he's watched Sime- Simeone does the celebration against him. Um, and then there was leaked messages of Ronaldo telling his friends or telling his family, like, we're going to win. We're going to win after that. And lo and behold, they uh, play the second leg. Ronaldo scores a hat trick. Juventus go through and bit of a uh, bit of revenge for Cristiano who loves a game against Atletico Madrid and Diego Simeone. I think I think it'll be tough I think if we play to what I expect us to play I think we could come away with a 
a scrappy win. But I don't know. I think I could see Atletico being a 1-0 or 2-1 win to Atleti. I think United will win this game. If we're judging off of Atletico Madrid's form in the Champions League so far, they made it out of the group on seven points, taking three losses and one draw, only winning two games. Like, it's remarkable that they were able to make it out of this group with only seven points, like, considering the opponents with Porto, Milan, and Liverpool. That is incredibly low to make it out of a Champions League group stage. I don't know about this Atletico side. They're not what they have been in past years. I think United will win this one uh, two to one or three to two. It's it's a bit of a toss up for me because I mean their Atletico's league form hasn't been very good at all. I'm I'm pretty sure they're fourth or fifth in the league, which is very surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after they just won the league title last season, but. I don't I think I could I could see a United win two two one maybe and then heading yeah. back to Old Trafford and getting the job done. Mm-hmm. And I also could see Atletico coming away with a scrappy win, one yeah. nil over this United side. Yeah. So it could As, go either way, I believe. Yeah. As a scrappy side, they tend to do that. It'll be a really good matchup. Um so I guess with that we can end off the first ever champions pod with Eli and Dom. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, please follow the champions dot pod on Instagram and class on grass media as well. So thanks so much for listening guys. And uh, we will see you after the first leg of the champions league round of 16. Thanks.